0: Welcome to Balance Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the Black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black woman health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Thank you for tuning into Balanced Black Girl Podcast. This is your host, Les, and as always, I am so honored to be sharing space with you today. And it's been a minute since we've talked about hair on the podcast. We've had some conversations about hair in the past, uh, specifically our episode, oh my goodness, am I going to remember it off the top of my head? I think it's episode 34. I could be wrong. I want to say it's episode 34, Good Hair with Kayla Greaves, which was such a great conversation. If you have not listened to that episode yet, or maybe if you're a newer listener and haven't listened to the older episodes, I definitely recommend giving that one a listen. We had just such a good time talking about hair and hair textures and the history of black hair and texturism and all of the different beautiful hair types within our community. And it's just one of my favorite conversations that I've had on the podcast. I I learned so much and just had such a good time talking to Kayla and we're here talking about hair again. But today we're talking less about the history of our hair and we're talking more about hair care as black women. One of the most incredible things is that we can take care of our hair in any infinite number of ways. There's so many ways we can style our hair. We can take care of our hair. There's so many different ways that our hair can be. And I love that. I absolutely love it. The beauty, the versatility. It's incredible. As some of you may know, I have been on my natural hair journey for about three years now. Actually, it's been almost exactly three years. I stopped straightening my hair in June of 2018. And honestly, I thought that I was just going to leave it curly for like a weekend. I was just going to give the straightener a break for a couple of days and just see if I could figure out how to do something with it to make it look halfway decent because y'all back then my heat damage was severe. And so I thought I'll I'll leave it curly for the weekend. I'll leave it curly for a couple of days just to see if I can get it to cooperate. And three years later, I, I just never straightened it again. And I did not have the intention of just fully going natural at that moment. I will be honest. I did not have the intention of going this long without straightening or putting any sort of heat on my hair or really changing it outside of color totally was unintentional. It was just something that I started and I just didn't really look back. And over the past three years, my hair has changed a lot, a lot, a lot. I had about two decades of pure heat damage and spent probably the first two years of my three year journey, really nursing my hair back to health. I didn't do a full big chop, but I did have a series of several haircuts to kind of slowly get rid of the heat damage. And the way my hair looks now is night and day to how it looked in June, 2018, when I put down the flat iron and it's been a journey, but it's been a really beautiful one. It's been a really beautiful homecoming to myself. I have learned how to love and embrace myself in ways that I just didn't even know that I could have before. I started to feel more like myself. I started to use my voice more and it was a really transformative experience. However, it's not the only experience Regardless of what you choose to do with your hair, it is amazing. And for some folks, maybe that is like leaving it natural, rocking the curls, rocking the fro, rocking the kinks. Maybe you have locks, which are so beautiful. I love locks. They are just so beautiful to me maybe you're just all about protective styles. Maybe you do still like a straight look. Maybe you have wigs and you like to switch it up. Honestly, I think that's where I'm going next. I think I would really like to start investing in some wigs and, and switching it up. So I may need someone to help me out there if you have any recommendations. Um, but that's that's what's so beautiful about our community and our willingness to try different things. And I think especially with our generation, we just have access to so much more now. We have access to products that actually work for us. We have access to experts who can help us that weren't necessarily accessible when we were growing up. And even though it may have been something that was a pain point for us when we were younger, when we didn't know how to handle it, or we felt like it was a burden, so many of us were growing to just rock and love our hair and just do so many dope things with it which is beautiful and that's why I'm so excited to bring you today's episode and today's interview with our guest Kaziah Dama growing up in Sacramento she never had anyone that looked like her that she could look up to Everyone had their hair straight, and so she started relaxing her hair at the age of 12 and never looked back until she moved to LA later to pursue a career in broadcast journalism and found the water in LA was so harsh on her hair, she had no alternative but to go natural. She did her big chop in 2009 from her hair breaking off so much and struggled for years on not loving her hair and herself. Almost giving up to return to straight hair, she decided to give it one more shot and exhaust all options before giving up. She turned to experts to help her understand her hair and process, and she has gotten educated by some of the best in the industry, and now she shares that knowledge with everyone else. On her journey to loving and accepting her hair, she created this incredible platform and company called Swirly Curly and Curl College. Swirly Curly Company mission is making the natural hair journey easy through innovative products and Curl College, the educational side, to teach us the system to getting beautiful healthy natural hair the easy way. So we talk all about natural hair journeys, natural hair care for different textures. We talk about natural hair for the kids and how we can help the next generation really come up Learning to love their hair in ways that for those of us who are a little bit older, you know, millennial and older specifically, that we had to come to later on. We talk about different methods, about some of the methods that we've been taught are maybe not the best that we can evolve from. We go in and we talk all about the different ways that is best to take care of our hair today. So, I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. I would love to also hear more about your journey with your hair and what that has been like for you. So, after you listen, make sure you head to our latest Instagram post at Balanced Wacker Podcast. Tell us about your hair journey. Tell us about what resonated with you for the episode or if there are any parts that you can relate to. And I would love to hear from you. So let's jump into the interview. Kazaya. welcome to Balance Black Girl. I am so excited to have you here. I am so excited to talk all things hair, one of my favorite topics. I personally am a big fan of your YouTube channel. I've learned so much from you. So I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I think hair is just something that is so important to women. And um, I think sometimes we don't like spend the time to really get to know our hair and talk about it and confront it. And so I'm really excited to do that today with you and you know the audience when they listen to this podcast.
0: I could not agree more. I mean, you know, over the past handful of years, a lot of women, specifically black women embracing their natural hair has really picked up, which is a beautiful thing to see. I'm included in that category. Like I never wore my natural hair until about 3 years ago. And so many more of us are are starting to do it and starting to appreciate our
1: hair. And it's just such a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. For me overall, it's just like, it's so amazing because there's so much empowerment with us wearing our hair natural. And like, even if people don't go in it thinking like, oh, I'm going to be empowered, I'm going to feel confident, that's just kind of like the byproduct that you get. And I feel like holistically as a woman, you just feel so more whole, complete and just overall empowered. And so it, I just have these memories and it still happens all the time. Whenever I catch somebody, another woman and her hair is natural, we just look at each other and we're like, yes, girl. Yes. It really bonds us, bring us closer together. And um, it's just really great what we're doing. And there's just so many great things coming from it, but overall just us like reclaiming our beauty. That's really it. Absolutely. Reclaiming our beauty, taking up space,
0: Mm -hmm. Like, I know that was something I used to be so conscious of. And back when I was a hardcore hair straightener, like I wanted to kind of shrink and not be seen and kind of blend in, especially Mm -hmm. because I was in a very predominantly white environment where I already stood out. So if I would have had big curls, you know, in that space.
1: Which you do. You have big girls. <laughs> They're real big. They're real yeah. big. I didn't know at the
0: time. They're real big. It it was scary to me to be seen. And so to get to a point where I was ready to be seen fully as I was. I actually don't really think that happened until I started wearing my hair natural. But like you yeah. said, it was a beautiful byproduct.
1: It is scary because you know, the world's not used to it, we're not used to it. And it just comes with so much attention, to be honest, but it's like good attention. Like people nowadays like really enjoy it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I get complimented on my hair from, you know, other other people, like Black people, white people, just everybody. I think it's very different these days, but it does come with a lot of attention. And that's hard to handle if you're not used to it and you don't know what to do with it like you said, we're just so used to just kind of sticking to the rules, staying in line and stuff like that. And when you're wearing your hair natural, it kind of just brings out this whole another side of us. I think it's a more just free spirited side. And um, yeah, it's really contagious, I think. Absolutely.
0: I would love to take like a little step back and to learn more about your hair journey, what brought you to this space, how you came to be a natural hair educator and, and what that process looked like for you.
1: Yeah, it's actually pretty wild because I never like in a million years would have thought that what I do now is something that that I would be doing because Growing up, um, so my mom is actually, you can pretty much call her Caucasian. She's just a white woman, but she's actually Norwegian, Mexican, and Native American mix. And then my dad is Nigerian, and he's like straight Nigerian, lives in Nigeria still. Um, And so, um, you know, when I was born, I actually got more of my dad's hair, more of the kinkier kind of textured hair. And my mom had no idea what to do with my hair So I would just wear it out in an Afro, or I would just kind of like wrap it up a little bit and um, I would just go to school. And then of course, you know, there comes that age where you start to notice like, you know, how you look physically and you start comparing yourself to other kids. And I'm like, I do not look like these other girls in my class. They have their hair straight. It looks pretty. I just remember this one time there was picture day and me and my mom didn't know it was picture day. I literally like rolled out of bed. I think I was like, this was maybe like second or third grade. And it was so early on. And I can't believe that. Like I was so... So aware and self-conscious at this age, but, um, I was in line and I was like freaking out because I was like in, like, I just threw clothes on my hair was in like braids, but they were like, well past due. And I had some like clips in it and like, I was missing teeth and like the whole thing. And I remember the girls in line, they got the little combs. I don't know if you remember this in like grade school, you know, I went to public school. They had these little black combs to comb their hair. And I see them combing their hair and then I pick it up and I look at it and I'm like, "This, I know this can't comb my hair. Like it's going to break. And I tried it and it broke. And I was just like crumbling inside. And I used to get teased all the time for my hair. Like people would be like, what do you have under there? It was a lot of the boys at school would be like, you know, what's under there? You have like a bird's nest. You know, at the time it sucked. So I remember me and my mom trying to figure out a solution. And we heard about a relaxer from one of our friends. Like she was black. It was her mom and her daughter. And was like, you know, you just need to relax her hair. My mom was looking for any solution. So we went to Target. I think it was like bottom of the aisle, the just mm-hmm. for me. We picked that up went home and like we tackled it together. And I, I remember it coming out and I could just feel my scalp. I was like, oh my God, like I can actually feel my scalp. Like my hair has had just shrunk. And I was like, Oh my God, I can pull it back in a ponytail. And it was this whole world opened up. But I will say like, even then I straightened my hair and I'm like, went to school and I was like, I look like the other girls, but I was like, but it doesn't lay flat. Like I remember <laughs> still being like struggling with it. So I kept the relaxer in my hair from like, I think at the time I was 12 until I was, um, about 21. So it was like almost about 10 years. And I just remember being in college and I was about to graduate. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I don't even know what I look like. Like, I don't even know what my normal hair looks like. And I still am struggling with straight hair, so I'm like, why, why keep struggling with the straight hair? It's not working out. I've never liked it. It's always still broken off, and it's like only you know, like chin length. And I'm like, I really need to just see what my natural hair looks like. So then I started this like whole journey of transitioning, which I had to try like start over like three times mm-hmm. because. I spent a whole nine months growing out my hair. Then I went to my hairstylist and she's like, oh, you know, you should put a texturizer in your hair. It's going to feel like a lot easier to maintain. She's like, I can't believe she used these words. She said, it's natural. She told me it was natural. (laughs) Right. And so honestly, I don't think that she was really trying to just like sell me so that she can make more money. I think she was just uneducated. I think she just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so we did it. She convinced me we did it. And I could feel the water again on my scalp. And I was like, I can't believe I just did this. Like I knew like when I looked in the mirror, my hair was going to be straight. And it was, it was like wavy and I was so disappointed. I never went back. Unfortunately, I was like, uh, "Peace, like I don't need to be in the salon if I'm going to do this." So I had to start all over, and then I got excited and I put some highlights in my hair because I, you know, we all get to this point where we're just like, "I want something new." So I did that. My hair broke off, so I had to start big chop and everything like that. So yeah, so that was when I was living in Sacramento. I'm from Sacramento, California, born and raised. Went to college there, and then. After I graduated college, I was like, LA's calling me. I got to go out there. I was planning to do my master's degree in broadcast journalism when I got out here because my undergrad was in communication studies, but I did my minor in journalism. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I want to be a news anchor, all these things. So I moved out here and OMG, the water was like so harsh on my hair. I could not do anything. And at the time I was still straightening my hair, but I was transitioning. And this is what I like to call like the slow transition Mm -hmm. is when you just want to like grow it out, maybe maintain some type of style. It could be the straight or whatever until you get to a point where you're comfortable and then you can cut off, you know, the dead ends or the straight version of your hair. So um, I got here and I was like, my hair just fluffed up. I remember just trying to straighten it and it just wouldn't straighten. And I was just like stuck. And at the time I was working at this restaurant on Sunset Boulevard, and it was like one of the hottest restaurants. And everybody would come in there. Like, I mean, I've I waited on Jay-Z and Beyonce, Drake, like you name it. They came in and I'm like, what if what am I gonna do? Like my hair isn't working, you know, these celebrities and LA's not, you know, coming in. It's not a nice and easy place. Like you know, I showed up in my like old BMW and I thought I was like hot in like California, like <laughs> Sacramento. And I come to LA, I'm like, oh my God, there's, you know, Mercedes Benz, there's all this stuff. So I was like, what am I going to do with my hair? And, um, you know, I just got to a point where I was like, look, I'm just going to face it. Like I'm going to cut it. Cause it was breaking off like left and right when I would comb it it would break off at the demarcation line, which is basically the line of the straightened damaged hair mm-hmm. versus the natural hair that you're growing out. Mm-hmm. And um, it would literally just split. So then I said, forget it. I'm just going to do the big chop. And I did the big chop. And then that just really progressed my journey where I had to look and find anything to work for my hair. And I remember washing my hair with bottled water. Um, I was getting gallons of water and like sticking my head over the shower to figure out something. And truthfully, that actually worked really well. (laughs) Um, But there's an easier way to do it. I'm going to share that a little later with people. There's an easier way to go about it. And really just through my own journey and my own frustration to solve my own problems is where I kind of came into the education product side where, um, you know, after some years, I realized that there were certain things that were cutting and breaking my hair that I could really prevent if I had a different solution or a different option. And that was regular elastic hair ties. And mm-hmm. so that's when um, I created my first product Snappy. And I'm sure we'll get into this stuff a little later, um, which was made without any elastic and it was weighed with fabric and you can, you know, snap it on, snap it off. So it's it's designed for bigger, more voluminous hair. And then, um, you know, as I started selling it, sharing it with a lot of influencers, it kind of just picked up. And, you know, the brand Swirly curly today just kind of has evolved off of what our community has asked for and what the community has asked for from me. And, you know, I've been through so much that I feel like, you know, I can help so many people. And um, you know, that's what I started doing. And then it's just kind of evolved. And I created a method in a book that I'm actually working on, which I've simplified going natural and maintaining natural hair. And it's really like a simple solution and it's like guaranteed results. And people start to see results in like the first few weeks, and it's really amazing. And um, it really excites me. Oh my
0: okay, there's so much that I want to dive into there because. So many elements of your story are so relatable. Like I remember picture day with the combs. I went to a predominantly black elementary school. And as you were telling that story, I was reflecting back on that combs. Like, why did they even bring that comb to our school? <laughs> Who, <laughs> I don't think anybody at my school was even using that comb, but also the message that that sends kids yeah, of, you know how we should care for our hair and things that don't work and when we're, you know, being given these these tools or these solutions that clearly don't have us in mind, you yeah. know, what that does to us kind of in our head and, and like how that idea stays with us for a while.
1: Yeah, especially at such a young age because you're just so you're molded so much by your environment. And you know, thankfully nowadays I feel like we have a lot more conscious parents and mm-hmm you know, internet and technology is amazing, but back in the day it, you know, and I know it still happens. It's just not sending the right message. And it's also not catering to who's at the school. Like we're just all like, everyone's in a box and this is, everyone's going to get the same thing. And unfortunately that's not how it works, you know? So yeah, it can be really, really frightening. And I'm so glad that now I feel like because of the education I've had and you know, what's out there and the things that are changing, I can look back at that moment and be like, okay, like that was just a moment. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not still caring. I don't have any, you know, issues with it. And, um, you know, I can let it go and I can tell it as a story. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: I could also relate so much to the experience you shared getting your first relaxer. And I also think for a lot of us in our generation, because I think we're like the same age, like our first relaxer, it was like a rite of passage. It was like your first period. It was like getting your first bra. I mean, all of these, you know, all of those events kind of all went together, at least for me and for, I think a lot of us. And I think now that we do have the education, because back then that that was hair care for all of us, mm-hmm. right? Now that we do have that education of understanding how to work with our hair and not against our hair, I'm really excited for the next generation to feel mm-hmm. like they have more options.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because that was kind of the only option was to tame your hair. Mm -hmm. It was like, which in any way that I can tame my hair. And that was even like, you know, putting up in braids or just having it up in some way, but not out. Like that was unacceptable to have it out. And you rarely seen anyone. And I will also say like, you know, back in the day, if you had it out, it was kind of like you were rebellious. And it's like, no, I just... I have a headache from wearing my hair up. Like, can I just leave it out in its natural state? Like, you know, come on, you get to wear your hair hair out and you're fine. Yeah. You know, it's just really exciting to be able to be living during this time, to be making, being, being a part of this change. And you know, because I'm in the hair care industry, every time I go to Target, which I go often, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of my store, or any you know store for that matter, I always go down the aisle. I'm like seeing what's evolving and what's coming out, and I get really excited when I see um, you know a lot of more products for for Black women and and natural hair and ethnic hair. I'm just like, yes, and I think other people might say. Oh it's your competition or anything like I'm like absolutely no like the more that we can be out there and the more that we're available to everybody the like more I feel like my mission and our mission as like you know humans on this on this earth is getting complete because we have what we need and we don't need to struggle with these issues anymore we can like live life cuz i think that's really the ultimate goal is like getting through these things that are really holding you back, these issues that are coloring your experience in your life so that you can live life to the fullest and really spend your time being present and you know doing the things that you really want that are traveling or you know creating brands or having children or all those things. Mm,
0: that's such a beautiful perspective of really simplifying it for ourselves so that we can enjoy more of what life has to offer without feeling hung up around hair care or how our hair looks or feeling presentable, just knowing that we can show up as we are simple, effective strategies for taking care of our hair so that we can live more. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, I would love to get your take on something. On social media, there's been a lot of conversation around the ideal way to take care of natural hair as of late. I've, it's something that I've noticed maybe over the past couple of months. Um and for a lot of us, myself included, my method for taking care of my natural hair was like I need the thickest, hardiest, most <laughs> "quote unquote moisturizing things to like pile on my hair for moisture. As I can get. Like, I need creams, I need butters, I need leave ins, and I need need all of it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of conversation on social media right now from natural hair experts, members of the natural hair community saying, actually, we don't need all of those things. Hydration starts with water, not from necessarily putting these heavy things on our hair. And it's causing quite a stir. It's causing quite some people are feeling like, that's all I know. That's what I've been doing. What do you mean to tell me that I've been doing it wrong? So I've been doing some experimenting and I oh gosh you know, yeah. doing some experimenting with with different methods, but I would love to hear your perspective on that.
1: Okay. I'm gonna give you my perspective and then I want to hear what your experiments have been and what you've like found out. I would yeah. love to hear it. This yeah. is probably my favorite topic to talk about because it's so it's like shifting beliefs and mm-hmm. I had a, like a hardcore belief on this. And I think most of us do. And when I really stuck to it, I was like, look, I'm going to give it four weeks. So I'm going to do it. You know, my hair is good, but it's not an optimal state. I'm going to see like what happens. And then after those four weeks, I was like, oh my God, I was like, I got to tell people about this. I got to <laughs> tell people like, and that's, you know, what is in this really curly method, the book that's actually coming out this summer. So yes, I feel like, well, Here's the thing, like for the facts are that we've just as black women, ethnic women, anybody who has textured hair is like I'm and I'm saying that because that's what's used and I think people can immediately identify, but mm-hmm. I'm not saying it in a negative way. And honestly, once you I feel like once you get a grip on your hair, you know how it works you love it. You, you're just like, you're, you know, one-on-one with it. Then whenever anybody says kinky, coily, any of that, it just it bounces off. It doesn't even really sink in and it doesn't have an effect on you. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, it's just a word, you know, and we've, we've made a definition for it and it's all up to us. Yeah. But for the facts is we all back in the day knew, you know, water does not touch your hair girl, but like maybe once a week, maybe twice a month or something like <laughs> that and avoid it at all costs. We always told to gel, not gel, sorry, oil, Mm -hmm. oil our scalps, you know, make sure you oil scalps or grease or anything like that, or just. Whenever you wake up, we always add more product and add more product. But um, I'm sure you can relate. Like you know, the whole experience of doing that, you just feel so oily and greasy. You have pillow stains and all of this. And I remember just being like, "Is there an easier way to kind of live? Like, why do I have to smell like coconuts? And why do like I have to hide my pillowcases because they're you know <laughs> soaked in oil? I don't understand." And so I remember the first time that I got my hair cut, like really professionally by a curly stylist. The curl doctor is his name shy. And I had been doing research and I had been hearing about using basically dropping the heavy butters and the oils because those dry out your hair and instead using a water-based product or styling cream to, um, basically moisturize, you know, our hair. Mm -hmm. And I had tried it back in the day. And I remember I put it in my hair and I was like, oh my God, like the next day I was like, there's nothing in my hair. It's evaporated. Like this is crazy and stupid and I'm not going to do it. And, um, you know, I threw those products away. I only gave them one one chance and I went straight back to my butters and I was happy, but my hair always felt like you would feel it. And I would always like, when I would remove my hand, it would be the product that Mm -hmm. I would like would be on my hand. But then my hair always felt like very crispy. Like I could still manage, I can still get away with things, but it felt really crispy. And I knew at the core of it, it was always still dry and I never knew what the issue was, but you know, this is a couple of years later, I go to see shy and we sit in the chair and you know, I have all these long questions from all of the curl college community and all the swirly curly, you know, customers that always ask me stuff. So I'm asking and I'm like, okay, what do we do for moisture and hydration? And he's like, home girl. He's like, it's simple. Like it's water. You know, he's like, we all think that these butters and oils hydrate our hair and it's not, it's just water hydrates it. And like, when he said that, I was like, you're right. Like I know in my core deep down that water is purely hydration. And Mm -hmm. like, if I want to hydrate my hair, I just need to add water to it. Um, He then goes to explain that I need to actually remove those products from my hair for like an extended period of time to actually hydrate my hair. Cause he's like, if you're adding those on top of your hair, then in the morning, when you want to refresh, when you're spraying your hair with any water, or if there's any like humidity or water in the air, your hair's not going to be able to soak it up. It's just getting blocked out. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, that totally makes sense. And so he's like, look, do it for four weeks. And he was like, no oils, no butters, use these other products. They were water based products. And whenever I say water based products, it just means like the first ingredient is water. The second ingredient can be like glycerin or aloe vera. These are really moisturizing products. And so I went home $500 later um, (laughs) with a haircut and product, Mm -hmm. the most money I've ever spent on my hair. But I was like, look you know, this is this is what I have to do. And um, I went and by day two or three, my scalp was itching. I was like, oh my God, I just need some oil. And I'm like turning to my husband and I'm like, babe, I'm like my hair, I cannot do it. And he has like so much self-control. He used to be in the like fitness world and everything. So he's used to like dieting and all that. And he's like, well, what did he say? He said no oil. So don't do it. Like just do it. Like for him, it's simple for me. I'm like, let me find a way around this, you know? So I was like, all right, fine. By the second week after wash day, I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I told him, I was like, I got out of the shower. I was like, I was detangling my hair. And for once in my life, I felt like it wasn't actually going to break. And I was like, I noticed that my hair strands were getting thicker. Like they were filling up with water because Mm -hmm. they're getting hydrated. And then, so by like third week, uh, my hair started like looking shinier. It was like more bouncier, it didn't have that crispy dryness and it just felt like so much more lighter and refreshing. And also it was still like, I had great curl definition and I was like, this is what everybody's looking for. And I was like, Oh my goodness. So yes, to answer your question, I absolutely agree. And from my experience, um, you know, I've had hundreds of women come through my curl college courses and I talk to women on a daily basis, you know, with the business to, um, get to help them with their hair. And the number one thing I always ask them, what is your routine? Most everybody is using these really heavy products on their hair. And they say the same thing. They're like, my hair is so dry. It just like is consistently dry and it won't hold the curls. And I tell them switch your routine, make sure you're using these water-based products. I send them some recommendations and I'm like, spritz your hair every morning with water, like make it wake up, you know? And they'll come back to me in a week and they're like, Oh my God, they're like, because I, will never doubt you again. Like you're absolutely <laughs> right. So I totally agree. And then I want to say, um, on that as well is I always tell people, once your hair gets healthy and hydrated, if you want to go back to those products, then you can, but like, let's hydrate your hair first, then you can have fun with those products. Like, I don't want to take those away from everybody all the time but it's very similar to like exercising and fitness. It's like, okay, let's clean up your diet. Once you get in shape, then it's like, okay, you can have that ice cream. You can have that cookie like every now and again. And I honestly think it's the same when it comes to the products we use on our hair.
0: I love and appreciate that breakdown. First of all, it's also, I've never seen the curl doctor to get my hair done, but that's Goals like while I live in LA, I'm like, I need to (laughs) at some point, but yeah, I so so appreciate that perspective from an experimentation standpoint. I had a lot going on with my hair last year, like when quarantine first started. I had used some products that were just sent to me. And honestly, I was being really frugal. And so I was like, why should I buy hair products? I'll just use, you know, what this company is sending me. And it was a lot of really heavy stuff, like very heavy stuff. And at first I was using it and the first couple of weeks, it turned out okay. And then after a couple of weeks, it was like not okay. My hair was just revolting in ways that I had just never seen it do before to the point where I couldn't style it the way I normally, I mean, I'm normally just kind of a wash and go kind of girl. Mm -hmm. I don't do anything too fancy. And it, the wash and goes, were not going, it was not, (laughs) it was not happening. So then I was like, okay, well, maybe I just need to do twist outs only. And for most of 2020, I either had my hair in a bun the way it is now, or in a twist out. I was still using these really heavy products on the twist out and the twist out would turn. Okay. But anytime I would try to just wash and go, it wouldn't. And then I was like, okay, what if I clarify and just kind of start over
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: I clarified my hair and all of a sudden my hair, it was like back to normal. And so then I was like, Oh, there must be something to this. So I kind of, I learned the lesson on the opposite end of the scale (laughs) <laughs> where i so piled funny. too much on my hair. And so now yeah. I've been experimenting with lighter things and it actually has been, uh, it's been working out pretty well. I'm dealing with some, I'm long overdue for a haircut and I'm dealing with a little bit of color damage. So like mm. my hair's not optimal,
1: um, yeah. but it's doing better. That's good. I'm glad that you, you figured that out. Cause yeah, it's, it's so funny. It's like, we will get in a routine and then before we know it, like our routine will change and we mm-hmm. don't know like what we changed. Cause we're just yeah. like, go, go, go. And then then all of a sudden we're like our hair's not working it's not working and we forget we're like oh wait that's actually because I started using this or I started doing this different yeah um and so I always love to teach people like a you know a simplified routine and keep it and then you know you can venture out and stuff but always have these products at home you know because that's going to be like your baseline Um, but I'm so glad that you pretty much got pro- got rid of the product buildup, which is a very common thing for a lot of people, especially people with tighter textures like type four, because we are basically marketed these heavy products for that hair type. And that is the hair type that needs them the least mm-hmm. because it's a lot of times type four can be low porosity. And, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with porosities, mm-hmm. but. Um, the low porosity, it's really hard for anything to get inside of it. So imagining trying to get water in there on top of, you know, these heavy products. So I always gear people towards these lighter products. And then they often see like such a change in their hair. And they're like, oh my God, because I thank you so much because then their hair can actually breathe and it can actually get hydrated. That is such
0: a good point. I had just had a major aha moment while you were describing that. And it kind of reminded me that what got you here won't get you there. Like when I was transitioning to wear my hair curly, my hair, the curls were a lot looser, obviously, because I had quite a bit of heat damage. So I had very loose curls a couple of years ago. And as my hair has reverted back to its natural state, it's gotten a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of my natural hair journey, I could use a lot heavier things when it still had those loose kind of damage curls. But now that my hair has gone, my hair is probably between like a, you know, three C to four A. I have, you know, probably equal parts of both kind of all mixed in like those heavy things that I used to use when I had that heat damage don't work. And so remembering that as you go on your journey you're going to use different things because your hair will change during that transition is a good reminder.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people that have high porosity hair, so um, high porosity and low porosity are the hardest ones to deal with because high porosity moisture goes in and comes right out. Mm -hmm. Um, So they are recommended, you know, these heavier products or some type of oil or something to kind of close it in um, so that the moisture doesn't leave. And so high porosity, often people have that hair. Porosity because they have color or they have heat damage and things like that, which messes up, um, the cuticles or whatever. So that's probably what you're experiencing. And then now that your hair is grown out, you're like, okay, this is your real hair type, your real texture, your real porosity, density and all those things. And then yes, you're having to change your products. Absolutely. I always tell people though, like, I like to set people up when they're transitioning and actually I'm doing, um, I know this isn't going to air by that time, um, but I'm doing. I've been doing these master classes because mm-hmm. I get so many questions about like how do I do this, how do I do that, and I can't, yeah. you know, answer all individual ones. Yeah. So I started doing these master classes, and um, it's confirmed. We're like people love them. We've had like in the last one we had like three thousand people register. So we're like, okay, oh, we're for sure doing this. Yeah. yeah. We're going to continue doing this like bi-weekly. Maybe if I can, it'll be weekly. So. By the time this airs, you know, people can come and join the masterclass, but, um, we're doing one tomorrow on transitioning. And, um, what I like to tell people, and I'm going to teach them tomorrow is like, let's get you using natural hair products now. Like, I know you're transitioning, but let's kind of get you in the routine and start doing it now so that when your hair is fully grown out, you know what you're doing, your hair is responding to it and you're training your hair pretty much. And it just makes things so much easier. Like I really love to take out all the guesswork, all the science and have you not spend all your money on it? Because I was spending money I didn't have when I started and I was like, I remember I had like $100 a month to spend on something that I liked, you know, at the time, fresh out of college, and it was going to hair products. And that sucked, you know, because I'm like, mm-hmm. I have no new clothes. I need a new bra. <laughs> <You> know, <so laughs> I love to help people out. And I'm like, save your money because, you know, I just don't I don't like us spending all our money having to try all these things.
0: Absolutely. That's so helpful. Well, I'll make sure we have the information for the master classes linked in the show notes so that people can find them and sign up and take them um, when they're available. Cause that's a perfect. really amazing offering.
1: Yeah, perfect.
0: Amazing. So I would also love to talk about kind of our like natural hair toolkit. Um, I think product recommendations are probably going to really vary depending on the person and on the hair that they have and, and where they are in the process. But do you have recommendations of things in our toolkit, whether it is kind of product categories or tools? I know you have incredible swirly curly tools and hair accessories that we should um, have as part of our toolkit. And on the flip side, things that we should look out for and potentially avoid,
1: be it you know, ingredients or things that we don't need. Yeah, absolutely. Such a great question. So I know I've just been kind of like dancing around it and haven't really introduced swirly curly. Um, So swirly curly is the brand that I started about seven years ago from my studio apartment in Hollywood. Um, As I said before, it was because there was like, I didn't have hair ties that would fit around my Afro. So I was like, I'm going to make it. So I did. um, And I made it with fabric, with a snap, um, really versatile. And then after that, it just kind of blossomed. I started making adjustable headbands, um, nighttime bonnets that are adjustable and stay on all night because In my experience i would wear a bonnet i would wake up and it's over on the floor or Mm -hmm. somewhere (laughs) i can't find it i'm Mm -hmm. like this is not even doing what i paid for (laughs) and a lot of them are not like they'll say they're made with satin but the satin is on the outside like the good shiny part to protect your hair is often on the outside and not on the inside so ladies if you're listening and you have a bonnet check your bonnet right now and if there's not a shiny side on the inside just flip it around, use that shiny side on your hair and sleep like that. Um, cause that's what you, is really actually going to protect your hair. And um, yeah. And so we've created all these hair accessories. And again, we, we asked our, like our people, our community, like, what do you guys want? What do you need? And they're like, cause hey, can you please like help me out with some, some conditioner or this and that. And so we've actually been working on a line. Amazing. So it's a whole product line and it's called the mango moringa moisture max line because The number one issue is moisture for a lot of women. Um, We're actually launching it in June. It actually got pushed back because we had, you know, I I know, you know, and anybody that's listening, if you ever have a project or anything, it always takes much longer than expected. So in terms of like products to have in your toolkit, I absolutely, absolutely say a bonnet. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like a bonnet and you can't get down with it, then a satin pillowcase or a satin headscarf. But protecting your hair every night, it's going to do so many wonders. And I know that like, it's not that cute and it's just a headache. It's like taking your vitamins at night or drinking your eight glasses of water, but it's the boring things that actually get you the results that you want. And yeah. it has been proven and said a lot. And it's just like, you if you do it, you will get rewarded. So making sure you have that. Another one is making sure that you have a water, like a spray bottle, or that you're at least adding water to your hair every morning. This is like the quickest way to rehydrate your hair, to spring back your curls, bring them back to life. Like even if you put your hair up in a puff or you've been wearing it in a bun or something and you want that crease to go away, it's water's going to do it. You don't need to go and put oil. You can add water onto your hair because this isn't going to build up on your hair. And it's also going to be able to penetrate through So I definitely say that I definitely say some snappy hair ties or the snap scrunchies that we saw at swirly curly, because these are designed for natural hair, Afro hair, Um, they're made without elastic and a lot of times, we don't even know that elastic hair ties once they stretch out. Um, here's the best example. Like we've all been there when you take off a hair tie, like, and it's hanging on your wrist and there's like a ball of hair on it. Mm -hmm. That's because like when it stretches, it opens up the fabric. And then when you put it on your hair, it closes and it like snaps like in your hair. And so it's like ripping out your hair. And I remember like the bottom of my Afro, like where it touches like the nape of my neck, would always be a lot shorter and I could never get it to grow. And I was like, what is it? And I was like, I, it finally dawned on me. I was like, it's when I put my hair up in a puff, the hair tie is breaking it off. And, um, after that, when I switched, obviously I made the snappy hair ties. I started using that. I finally got length in the back of my hair. I was like, Oh my God, my kitchen is growing (laughs) finally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, so I highly, highly recommend that. And then Again, I know that we said products are you know, going to vary, but um, here's one I like to talk about is deep conditioning, like always having a deep conditioner, but not using it every week because a lot of us will go and over condition our hair. We'll leave it in overnight, all of these things. And it actually can do the opposite. It can really dry out your hair. It can make your hair really brittle and fragile, but definitely deep conditioning at least once a month, if not biweekly. And then in terms of products to avoid or that you don't necessarily need that you don't have to really do. So um, again, one is like the shea butters. I always like keep those for like, yes, like twist outs or styling. Like if I'm going to do like a full on style and I really want to sleep my hair back or something like that, and you don't want to use a gel you can use the shea butters and then the co washing. You don't need to buy like an actual separate co washing because I always recommend in the swirly curly method is like you wash your hair every seven days, like mm-hmm. no matter what. You've got to do that or else your hair is just going to go downhill. But some people like to wash midweek. So then it's okay to co wash, but you don't need to buy like an actual co wash product. You can just use your conditioner. So that one is definitely marketing to you guys and you don't need it. <laughs> especially, I love the the fact that I've been on both sides. I've been the consumer and I'm also the business owner. And I'm like, look, no, we're not doing that. I'm sorry. I'm not selling that because it's not needed. You know, I only want to sell what we really need. And I would say those are probably the main things to avoid when it comes to curly hair, curly, natural hair.
0: That is amazing advice. I love super simple, practical saving our money. I mean, you know, so that, so we're not spending on things that, that we don't really need or that don't serve our hair. So yeah. that's amazing. I know there were a couple of things you mentioned that I could do a better job of having in my toolkit. So I will definitely be revising my, uh, my natural hair toolkit. Definitely. And definitely going to pick up some of the hair ties because I have quite a few with, uh, the wad of hair.
1: Yeah. I know them. we all do. Yeah. I would
0: love to talk about the different impacts that different environments have on our hair as well. So I know that you're currently uh, road tripping with your family around the U.S., which is amazing. So you're, you've already experienced a couple of different climates. Um, has that changed your approach to hair care? And what advice do you have for people who are maybe in a drier environment versus a more humid environment or somewhere more cold? How does that change how we take care of our hair?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is such a great question. So I was originally living in Los Angeles and Redondo beach. So I was right by the water. We were like a block from the beach. So my hair was just thriving. There was like humidity and sea air, but it wasn't like too much like Florida. Mm -hmm. And so my hair just always felt really great and everything. And as we set off on this road trip, which started on March Sixth, I believe uh, 2021, we got we packed ourselves in the car and we drove all the way to Las Vegas, which was my husband's first choice, <laughs> not mine. I was really <laughs> like against it. I was like, I don't want to live in Vegas, you know. By the way, this whole trip is so that we can see where we want to put our roots. Mm-hmm. I'm from California. Uh, my husband's from England. He's British and he's only lived in England and California, and I've only lived in California. Um, and so, of course the housing market's crazy right now. We're like, we've been looking and we're like, before we buy a house, let's just check out all the options that we're curious about and then decide so that Mm -hmm. we can say for sure, we don't regret, you know, our choice. And we absolutely love where we're living. Like we know that that was like, that's like on our list. So now we're just, you know, doing this free thing and checking it all out. But it's, it's so great because we're also experiencing just so much more than just you know the location. I getting to see the people, how people are wearing their hair and things like that. But back to the to the environment. So yes, Vegas is a desert. We got there in the winter time, and immediately my hair went from like a hundred to like zero in terms of moisture. <laughs> it was like so dry, mm-hmm. and it looked like really dusty and it had no shine. And I was like, Oh my God, I was like, this is bad for business. Like, I don't know if I can handle this. And I actually was like, okay, cause I come on, like people are dealing with this. Let's figure this out. Yeah. So first week I really struggled. And, um, after day three of wash day, I was like, I can't wear my hair anymore. Like it's just unwearable to wear it out. So I got in the shower and I'm like, okay, well, I know that I don't want to wash my hair again, but this is where let's try the co-wash did the co-wash, got out, you know, applied my styling products. So I normally do a styling cream and then I'll seal it in with the gel, which I like to, you know, focus on like no crunch gels, really lightweight moisturizing ones. And my hair was like back to life and it felt mm-hmm. great. And then, you know, day seven came and I'm like, I got to get in the shower again. It's still dry. However, I was spritzing my hair every morning with water and then it was, you know, was coming back to life and it was surviving. But after about two weeks, something happened. Um, And honestly, I think our bodies adapt to things Mm -hmm. and my hair kind of adapted. And I got to say, I think it adapted because I stay consistent with the routine and I did the water every day. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to just continue to spritz water. And I think I even put more water on my hair here than I was living by the beach. Actually, I can say for a fact, I I do, because by the beach, I would have like three or four spritz here. It was like, 10, 12, maybe (laughs) a little bit more. Like I was really getting my hair wet and my hair adapted. And so now I'm literally doing the same routine that I was doing before, probably adding a little bit more product to my hair. Um, And then midweek, I will do the co-wash and that really saves people who are in dry climates. Now, if I'm going to be out in the sun for a long time, because it is the desert, which it gets really hot. What I've been doing is I've been wearing my swirly curly turban towel on my hair. Like if I'm out by the pool and I've also Mm -hmm. been doing heated yoga as well. And that really like just locks in the moisture and it avoids like that sun contact that can dry out your hair. So I highly recommend for anybody who's like at the beach or in like, you know, wearing your hair out in the sun all day, put it up, cover it up or something like that. Like that's going to like allow your hair to survive longer until, you know, wash day. Um, And in terms of like cold climates and things like that, I actually think people in cold climates kind of have it a little bit better um, Mm -hmm. than the dry because it can be dry and cold, but there's something about cold that allows moisture because Mm -hmm. it's either raining or snow. So, I would say, you know, just make sure that you stay consistent with your routine. One thing I like to add is adding steam to a routine Mm -hmm. because in cold climates, people are often inside with the heater on and then their hair is getting dried out inside. So either covering it or like adding steam to your regimen. And it's really simple to add steam is like, you know, getting in the shower or like, putting, you know, your deep conditioner on and putting your cap on like while the shower's going and all that steam and moisture is going to really get absorbed in your hair. And then the last one is you know, humidity. Like I know a lot of people complain about their hair shrinking when it's humid and stuff like that. And what I say to that is like, that's a good thing because your hair is showing you that you need more water and more moisture in your hair. And after it's actually hydrated, it's not going to shrink anymore. Like the shrinkage will like go down to like maybe 10%. And so I can go anywhere like in humidity and my hair doesn't shrink. But I remember back in the day when I was using these heavy buttered products and my hair was Mm -hmm. so dry and thirsty, I would go to the beach and I would just be like, dang, like I went from, you know, maybe like five, six inches to like two inches. And it was just because my hair was like, give me that water. So if that's happening to you, you got to moisturize your hair and moisture just comes from water. It comes from putting that on your hair every day and then avoiding these heavy products that block out moisture.
0: Such good advice. So many good nuggets there. I know I shared with you before we started recording, but I'm from Seattle, and Mm -hmm. Seattle- lots of moisture, lots of rain, you know, there's water, lakes everywhere. And so originally going natural there, it, my hair was thriving. So it was constantly moisturized. Then I moved to LA where it's really dry. I mean, I so wish that I was in Redondo beach where you were right (laughs) by the ocean, but I'm not. And it was super dry, really hard water for the first time. And my hair was like absolutely not. Like, where did you take me? Why are we here? Um, and that was when I really learned, oh, our environment can actually make a huge difference in how our hair is and, and where we are. And we may need to change things up a little bit. So I really appreciate that insight.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And also the tip about steaming. I actually learned about that from your YouTube channel. And it. I do it a lot more like heated caps with steam in the hair and it makes such a big difference like oh, if y'all yeah. aren't steaming your hair I definitely
1: recommend it yeah it's like is game changing for anybody that's really struggling with their hair like the first thing to do is like just steam your hair with like a deep conditioner. And um, honestly, I always compare it to like, when you go to like a beauty supply, not a beauty supply store, (laughs) when you go to the salon or you get your hair done, the beauty shop, like they often will put you with a deep conditioner under the steamer. And then you're like, you leave and you're like, oh my God, my hair is so bomb. So it's like, let's just recreate that at home. You know, that doesn't need to be something that we wait on to do. Like we can have those results now. Absolutely.
0: And I learned firsthand that moving to a dry climate, it was necessary. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Very necessary.
1: So as we wind
0: down here, I would really love to talk about natural hair and kids. So you're a mom, you have two beautiful children. Um, I don't yet have kids, but something that I think about often is like, I'm exhausted of caring for my own hair. So like when I have some humans that I'm responsible for and I need to do their hair too, oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, But I also, I really want it to be positive. And I really want, you know, for my future kids or even kids that are currently in my life, I want them to feel good about their hair. I don't want them to feel like their hair is a burden, um, which is something that I don't think our generation really got to experience. I think a lot of us felt like our hair was a burden because it in some ways it was. And so can you tell us more about your approach and how we can also really keep the hair positivity um, with our little ones?
1: Yeah, this is such a great question. I'm so glad you asked because, um, yeah, I think that's like our next step is really, you know, us, once we master our hair, then we can teach our kids and we can teach them to love it. And so just my advice for kids, I, I have a lot of moms that are like, Oh my God. Yes. Like, how do I, do their hair and my hair. I'll pick like a separate day for my daughter Satori's hair. I won't do it on the same day that I do my wash day. Cause you know, it can be a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do it at night, you know, cause she baths at night. I have her help me. So I'll have her like put the conditioner on her hair. I have like a smaller comb that I'll let her use. And of course she's only three and a half. So she doesn't do like a good job at all. You know, she's <laughs> not detangling it, but she's getting, it. And she's learning how to care for herself because the ultimate goal with kids is getting them to the end game, getting them independent, you know, surviving on their own and also being able to thrive, you Mm -hmm. know, here on this earth. So like, that's our job as parents, like, like it or not, but that's your job, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I always think about that and I'm like, okay, like, how can I get her to love her hair? Because the sooner she does the, (laughs) the sooner she can do it on her own. And then I'm free, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so I just have her involved. I just involve her with it. And we don't really watch TV or um, do screens at our house. We do like Montessori method and things like that. So this is her time to watch her Cocoa Melon on YouTube, which she <laughs> loves. So yeah. I will put that on for her. And so it does distract her. And then I have her help me. And then I just focus on detangling it. And I always use words of like appreciation and just gratitude. And I'm like, And I just tell them, like, Satori, your hair is so beautiful. Look at your special curly hair. Not everyone has this hair. And, of course, when there's tingles, she does cry. And I'll just tell her, I'm so sorry. You know what? We have to do this every week. If we miss a week, then it's going to get harder. But if we do it every week, it's 10 minutes, Um, you know, and I'll tell her, like, you have to remind me. And sometimes she'll be like, Mommy, like, I want you to comb my hair. And then it becomes, like, a group effort you know, I just tell her like what she needs to do and how to work with it and things like that. And it, and it just really helps so much. And I can see that these words that I'm imprinting in her mind as she's older, she's just going to think it's normal to love mm-hmm. her hair and do her hair. and um, And that's really where it starts. So I highly recommend that. And then I also recommend in terms of routine, like doing the same routine as you do for your hair and put your kid's hair in the same way you wear your hair. Because they want to be like you. They want to be like their parents. They want to be like their their mothers. And um, because we are like, We focus on being conscious parents. We don't do like separate kid stuff. So they don't eat kid food. Like when people are like, oh, you want a kid's menu? I'm like, no, we're like, they eat normal (laughs) food because if I take you home, I'm not cooking separate meals for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to eat what the family eats. So it's the same thing. I do my daughter's hair, how I wear my hair. I spritz her hair in the morning. So I just teach her the whole routine. I don't teach her something different because when she gets older, she's then going to have to, I'm still going to have to teach her all over again. And I don't want to do that, you know, so like, let's start now and and, like molding them into independent individuals. So that would be my advice and recommendations for kids hair.
0: Yes. I love that approach. I really loved what you said about getting her involved and having her help. And yes, at three, she's not going to be a master detangler, but just the act of her feeling like she's involved and has some agency in the process is such a beautiful thing. And also just being really affirming. Um, it's, It's really beautiful. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. And also I wanted to say that um, the other day we braided her hair uh, and she went to sleep and she said her hair got messed up. She told her dad and then she's like, I need a bonnet. And I was like, oh my God, it's so cute. She's already learning, you know? And so she came to me, I was like, mommy, she's like, my hair gets messed up. I need a bonnet. And it was just like, oh my God, so cute. So I just love that. Like, it's just normal, you know, it's normalizing our hair. It really is. Yeah,
0: I love that. And I also love that she's already made that association of like, here's the problem, here's the solution. Let me ask for what I need.
1: Yeah, so awesome. So <laughs> I gotta I gotta make kids bonnets, which we've been, people have been asking us for so long. We're like, we're getting them, we're getting them. <laughs> yes.
0: Amazing. Well, so many amazing things coming for Swirly Curly. The hair, I mean, incredible. The product line,
1: I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited too, because I just- you know, a lot of the people that I meet, a lot of people we talk to, like they're all my friends. And so I just feel like, Hey girl, like, you know, I'm happy to share like my recommendations with them, which I can say for sure, you know, is going to work. So I'm, I'm really excited. And I'm excited just to be out there, um, in terms of helping people with the moisture thing. Cause the moisture is so game changing.
0: It is. I mean, honestly, I think for all of us, that's what we're all looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get enough.
1: <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I love it. So before we wrap up today, I have a couple of uh, final questions here, just so that we can get to know you a little bit better. So the first one is what is
1: bringing you joy? Yeah. So honestly, um, what's bringing me joy right now in like a phrase would be being fully self expressed. And what I mean by that is there's, you know, dreams that I have and things I want to do. And I honestly am finally doing them. And one of them is this travel. I wanted to travel more and it's been hard having two kids that were young, back to back. So Satori's three and a half, Bodhi is going to be a year and a half soon, you know, before I, I put that on hold, and now I'm doing that. And then the other part of it is that um, I've always wanted to start a family YouTube channel. Yeah. And it's just like as a personal, you know, thing for myself. Um, and so we started filming content and we're going to start posting in the next few weeks. And that's just really bringing me joy because it's something that even if it doesn't go anywhere, it's for us, you know, I can look back at it and I can watch videos when Satori was three and a half and we're traveling and it's all wild and crazy (laughs) and it's just like our own little thing. So I want to say those two things for sure are bringing me joy. And last I'm going to say is like the skincare thing. Like I think it's hot right now and everybody's about it, Mm -hmm. but I've invested in skincare, like just buying products other than a soap bar to wash my face. (laughs) And I'm like, oh yeah, like I just feel on another level. I feel like just more in my feminine. And so that also is bringing me joy. So
0: much goodness there. One, the family YouTube channel. I feel like right now with you all road tripping, that's just going to create You just have so many amazing things to document and the fact that you'll have all those memories documented is going to be amazing and big yes to the skincare. I
1: just, it's such a game changer. Yeah. It just feels so much better. Yeah, absolutely. Just the investment, investment in hair, investment in skincare. Like when we start investing in ourselves, it's the best investment that we can do. And um, it just, it really calls us into being... So I just say, I just tell people all the time. I'm like, when you invest, then now you're a new person. Like you're on the way to being the new you that you want to be. For sure.
0: And I actually find that when I use quality things for hair and skin, I actually end up spending less money Mm -hmm. because they actually work. So I don't need as much of them or I'm not ready to ditch them halfway through, you know, like with something cheap because it's not working.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. It's just kind of like, I I feel like a rule of life. Like we know when we buy cheap clothing, like one, we don't care for it and two, it falls apart and then we rebuy it. And then you're constantly rebuying stuff. And if you spend and invest in quality products that you absolutely love, then you wear them all the time. And then they stay, you know, they stay for longer. Yeah, exactly.
0: So true. Love it. So the next question is, what are you grateful for?
1: Oh, wow. This is so great. Um, I actually do gratitude every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we do it on our, we call it the daily huddles. So those mm-hmm. are our calls with our team at Swirly Curly. And we go around and say what we're grateful for. And I also do it at night with my husband and I have a journal. So this is so great. Um, I really believe in gratitude. It, you know, it's just part of my every day, multiple times a day. But i um, for one, I'm grateful for being on this podcast and getting to talk to you Les, and the community here because I am just really passionate about changing, you know, the outcome and the way that we've all seen our hair and really love to empower more women. So I'm really grateful to be here and all the women that are going to be listening to this. And um, I'm also just really grateful for life. Like life is amazing. And I'm really fortunate to travel and to work, you know, online and to be with my family. My mom lives with us. So just all of that in a nutshell, like overall, I'm just so grateful for life.
0: Beautiful. And it sounds like you have an incredible gratitude practice, which I, I love getting to learn from others who who have strong gratitude practices. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So the last question is how are you finding your balance?
1: Oh, such a great question. Cause I definitely was really off balance for a while. Mm-hmm. I was uh, working a lot and just really in a like really strict routine. And I realized that like, I'm not balanced. I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not really spending the quality time that I wanted with my kids and my husband. Um. So now the way that I find balance is like, honestly, like going slower, mm. just going slower, like, For committing to things, I just kind of will take my time, and I'm also that type of person in general. I know for me, like to make a decision, I need to take my time because I there's questions that come up, my thoughts. Like I'm just not a fast person, and if I do that, oftentimes I'll regret it or I'll want to take it back. So just going slower, and it you know easier said than done. Um, Sometimes I I have to go fast, but. I just go a little slower. I just sit on things. Like if people send me a text, like, hey, can you do this or that? I'll just sit on it. And for me, when I do that, I feel like my life, my every day is more balanced and that's okay. You know, I just kind of hold off. And even when my husband will ask me, he's just like, hey, babe, like, you know, can we go here or can we do this for date night? I'll just be like, um, I'll let you know tomorrow. <laughs> and <laughs> I know he doesn't like it, but it gives me that time and space to really sink mm. in and be like, okay, do I want this? Am I okay being away from the kids or, you know, what do I feel like doing? So honestly, that has helped me so much in the recent weeks, really turning back to that like slow pace of things. Absolutely. That is a word.
0: I think really taking time to reflect and not feel rushed into answers is so important because when I think we rush into either quick answers or commitments, that's when we can overcommit ourselves. That's when we can start to overextend when we don't really give ourselves time to reflect and see, does this fit? How does this feel? So I really appreciate that answer.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I want to say to that is I find that when we rush, we start to become like a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. Like we just start, yes, yes, in this. And then it's just, we feel so empty. Like we give so much and we don't fill up our own tanks. And if we can just slow down a little bit, it's like we can have that great balance of both. Yes, absolutely. Such good
0: advice. Thank you so much. I feel like this episode was jam-packed of incredible advice, incredible tips. How can our audience keep in touch with you? How can we continue learning from you? Where can we find you?
1: Yes. So I have so many outlets for you all. I'm so excited to share. So first off, Swirly Curly, um, that's swirlycurlyhair.com or at swirly curly hair on Instagram and like Facebook. And that is the product business. So that's where I sell my, you know, hair accessories. Um, soon the liquid, you know, line is going to launch on that. So definitely come check it out there. And then, um, curl college, which we kind of talked about a little bit, Mm -hmm. that is like the online educational portion. um, so that's where i do courses that's where i do my master classes and all of that and that's just curlcollege.com um, so if you remember that and you just want to check it out we'll have the masterclass up and whenever the next one is but right now they're biweekly we probably will move into a weekly masterclass um and then in terms of personal if you want to see my travels and you know what my family is up to and things like that i'm at kazaya dama and that's just at Instagram, that's at uh, YouTube as well. And then our Dhamma family YouTube channel is gonna be the Dhamma families. And, and Dama is Dhamma is D H A M um, M A. So, yeah, those are the channels that you can find us. I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to come and say hello. Love it.
0: we'll make sure that we have all of your channels linked in the show notes so that people can find Swirly Curly, so that they can find Curl College, so that they can follow along on your travels. We'll make it super easy. Thank you so, so much. I loved this conversation. I learned so much. I'm ready to get my hair out of this crusty bun that it's been in for a day (laughs) or two, and I'm ready to start implementing more of your tips.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. And thank you so much. It was such a great conversation. Honestly, I feel like we could just like go on and on and talk about all the things hair. So there might be a part two or something. <laughs> we may need to.
0: Yeah, we may definitely need to do a part two or maybe like a Q&A could be fun. Oh,
1: that would be a lot of fun. I love those. Yeah. Thank you for tuning
0: into Balance Black Girl. If you enjoyed this episode and feel called doing so, we would really appreciate a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes and more offerings at balanceblackgirl.com.